to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome back to another episode of Synonauts Exploring the Criterion. This week, we are starting our new exploration. Uh, It was Catcher's Pick last week, which is the 1992 film directed by Bill Duke, Mm -hmm. Deep Cover. What a pick. What a time. pick indeed. What a a time. Uh, But before we get to that, Rather than doing all of our catch-ups and having Catcher ramble on about five or six things he watched in one week, <laughs> we decided last week, you know what? We're all going to watch this movie called The Batman. Heard of it? Ever heard of it? And we're yeah. all going to talk about it. Well, I wasn't mm-hmm. going to watch it, but then you guys wanted to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah. then we, we last minute, him. Yeah, last minute decision. And thank God we did. Yeah. Thank God. We know what's best for you. <laughs> we do know what's best for you, Catcher. You resist, but it's true. We we force you along down the right path you should be taking. Yeah. Almost always. Almost. So let's let's chat about it. Um, let's see. La- last mm-hmm. week I was in Orlando. Uh, <gasps> I was down there with some friends. Franz. Uh, some of whom you know, uh, namely famous artist Danny Haas was down there. Our sweet angel. Caleb, Jim, Mikey P. The amazing Spider-Man 2 lover, Danny Haas. Thank the, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some friends from VHS Village uh, and, and my other group of friends, Paper Keg. Uh, we were down there for a wrestling pay-per-view, AEW. Mm-hmm. The Oof. wrestling promotion that is changing wrestling. It has made me fall in love with the wrestling again. After I, all these years. I can't believe big, Sting big is big still wrestling. True. Sting jumped off. I know. A balcony onto four tables. The guy, the man is 62. Anyway, so. Good for him. Yeah. So we were all down there watching uh, for AEW, and then uh, Bam or someone realized, was like, hey, you know what's opening this weekend? The Batman. We should all go. So a bunch of us went. Um, oh, and uh, Andy from the village as well was there. So that was fun. We Aww. went to uh, this IMAX theater in Orlando. Uh, honestly, the loudest IMAX theater, loudest theater I've ever been in, period. I, it was, like, l- fucking loud. Like, it felt like what those 4DX things are probably like. Like, that, like oh. the, the, chair, the chairs were shaking, like, with everything. Shit. Um, okay. So, yeah, that was really fun. That was the first movie I'd, I'd watched in, like, a full theater. Uh, oh, shit, Since yeah. basically the beginning of, of COVID. Um, so that was, like, awesome and had a lot of really... You know, it made it fun. You you mm-hmm. felt the energy of the crowd. My overall thoughts. I thought there was some of the best Batman, mm. period, in the mm. movie. Tell him. Tell him. That being said, it was about 45 minutes too long. And we can dive into that a little boy, more. Long boy, for sure. Yeah. Long boy, for sure. Overall, I gave it four out of five stars. That was mm-hmm. my rating. Uh, boom. What were your high levels? And high level high level rating. winning um, because... I just wanted to know what was up. 
I originally I was playing like I was like gonna go see this movie. Like the trailers would come on at the movie theater. I'd be like, I don't care. I don't care about this Batman. I don't care about anything. And then as soon as it came out, I was like, oh my god, I'm going right away. When on Friday, uh, it was I had a day off on mm-hmm. Friday by myself. Um, That's the dream, though. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. The dr- I would have liked a little bit more of like can I because I had that indifferent vibe. Like I was like, fine, I'm fine to go like sure. on my own Friday afternoon. But I would have liked a little bit more of an energized um, audience after mm. like what I saw. But yeah, I was honestly blown away. Like I went into it with whatever expectations came out of it, like totally mind blown. I thought it was incredible. I also gave it four out of five stars. So sounds like a five out of five star review, but I guess we can a take five it out. Of, well, I have qualms for sure. Yeah. Faux show. Um, but not many. Um, mm. And it's still a superhero movie, but it was a really good one. Not as good as The Amazing Spider Man 2, but <laughs> it's. You're, you're, all your five out of five. <laughs> superhero movies are based on the Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man 2 scale. Yeah. Like as, Batman wishes. Okay. As was foretold. Uh, if Andrew Garfield was playing Batman, then maybe <laughs> it would be a five-star movie. I don't know. I would watch that in a second. I would too. <laughs> Think of this. Andrew Garfield playing like Adam West style Batman. Oh, like kitschy campy, kitschy campy. Mm, yeah. You know, that might be fun. Um... Okay, so I basically went in with arms folded on this. Yeah, um, we fucking forced yeah. your ass in there. And we unfolded yeah. them. Um, and gave you a big hug. Most of, it, <laughs> <laughs> most of it has to do with um, this, like, fatigue of gritty yeah. uh, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I've spoken countless times about um, Nolan's trilogy sort of affecting... Uh, the course of superhero movies. Well, not just the course of superhero films, but films in general. Like this idea yeah. of like everything has to be grounded, everything has to be real, everything yeah. has to mm. feel plausible. Um, mm-hmm. and we're sort of like, and we're slowly getting uh, uh, again, as I mentioned, like things like have been sort of bringing in some magical realism and all that kind of stuff, uh, into films, and we're slowly escaping that. And I was afraid that this was just going to be another dark, gritty Batman story. Um, and the marketing just sold it as like the Dark Knight 2.0. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't, I, also, I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry not to cut you off, but no. the marketing, the trailer for the film actually was quite good. Um, mm. but like the marketing for the film in general, I mean, it's very basic it Batman goofy. in your face, but like the posters were bad. I hated the character posters. I yeah. actually like got less excited as the character posters came out. I was like, yeah, same. I was here? like, okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry to cut you off there. I just no, it, but that's exactly how I felt. Um, and the trailer did not work for me because I'm sick and tired of like slow down, like pop cover songs. Pop cover songs. Like I just yeah. can't stand it. And punching it. to a beat. Yeah, yeah. it's just like bump, bump. Like yeah. yeah, it's just like I'm over this. Um, but I have to say, I did enjoy this a lot. Um, we'll get into the qualms. I think we all have probably similar qualms. Um, but what I will specifically point out is I love that this is abandoning this groundedness situation. This feels, and I need a better word for it, 
more comic booky than almost any other Batman iteration yes. that I've Agreed. seen. Um, yeah. The way he walks around as Batman the whole time, like he is constantly <laughs> in a suit like yeah. he would in a comic book. Imagine how long it would take for him to go shopping. That guy, he walks so slowly. So, so slowly. slowly. But he had a good walk, I must say. Like a yeah. nice sturdy walk. You felt yes. you felt the weight. <laughs> the weight. The world yeah. on his shoulders. Of the boots, oh, the coming down. Like I like that. ever. Yeah, I, I, I said like the, the narration felt like you're reading pages of a comic. Like it felt 100%. like you're reading the, the long Halloween or like Hush or something like that. Like. Yeah, and I, and I think too, I had... Sitting in the theater, I did sort of have an issue with the length that I think that's a fair criticism to have. And it's one that I sort of left with. But mm -hmm. the more I've been thinking about it, I think part of that is being just sitting in the theater and just my own mental state at the time. Because I really do think like the film itself, you, normally when a film is too long, it's because there's stuff in there that doesn't work, that mm -hmm. isn't neat, doesn't mm -hmm. need to be there. And I love the way that the movie feels... This is like comic book talk, but like how a trade paperback would feel. Not a graphic mm. novel, but like a, a six issue story arc in a comic yeah. would feel where it is a little bit long, but everything is there to tell that. Now you're telling a few different stories. You know, we've got like the Catwoman situation, Batman, the, the whole situation with Riddler, but it balances all of these storylines very well. Yeah. And you leave mm -hmm. with a story that feels very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Um and it and it lives in this weird world of like it's sort of like it's it's not real world at all. Like things happen to this Batman that it's just like number one that whole wing gliding in under oh the God. bridge. I leapt leapt oh, yeah. out of, out of my seat when that happened. I, I, I leapt out of my seat at how bad that CGI was. Oh, I that almost was truly bad. I, I I giggled. Not only did they put him in that stupid squirrel's costume. Yeah. The CGI was like offensively bad when he was flying through the city. You mean? I couldn't believe that that passed. Maybe it looked better, like not on IMAX, and it looked better on a TV. But that, like, I was like, <laughs> the same studio that produced Dune, right, allowed this to happen. What part of it <laughs> did you not like in terms of the end, like the CG? So like that was only the only part I thought looked bad. I thought everything like looked amazing. No, I know, but in that scene in particular, you could see just like you could see where the green screen like stopped yeah. and started, and right. like he was just like it's like dangling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the yeah. angle of the camera. Yeah, yeah. So, I agree with Ian. Super weird. Yeah, but it was but, a good. It was an impactful scene overall because and when yeah, he like runs the fear out, of heights you, thing, yeah, yeah, like this. This is a like a flawed Batman, and and he is a little we're getting a little bit more of a vulnerable vibe also he's in every like this is like the most time we've spent with like the batman like he's yeah. in every but all but like i think three scenes. scenes and yeah and we get a few scenes with bruce wayne but it's not about bruce wayne at all really mm -hmm. like yeah. it kind of is but it's more so about how they're both like blending together it's like where does bruce wayne end and where does batman begin or it doesn't matter or whatever but yeah that that scene was interesting because he fucking biffs it and you're like yeah, okay like he doesn't have beat. it all figured out like <laughs> that's what rocked me when he clips underneath that bridge and just tumbles i was shook like i jumped out of my seat i was shocked that that it even happened um now that's when I was like, okay, but then he just gets up and he's fine after and he's <laughs> just doing whatever. And then that's when it sort of clicked for me where I was like, no, that's my 
mental baggage that I'm bringing to this. Like I am expecting him to either, you know, be harmed in a way it puts him out mm-hmm. of commission, but it's like, no, this is a fantasy. This is Batman. Like, let's just like, you know, you just got this amazing sequence, this amazing, mm-hmm. you know, eruption of emotion watching it. Enjoy that. And once I sort of tried to like, let go of that, this movie really worked for me more than when I immediately left the theater. So yeah, like every, what was your star rating? Uh, I'm undecided. I guess. Okay. I guess it's probably like I would. I, I would need a rewatch, but I think it's yeah, maybe a four. I don't mm-hmm. like three point five feels unfair. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah, it's it's, ju- um, it's too juicy for a three point. Like you know, yeah, but it, but I I my the thing that would be most interesting is like what it feels like after a second viewing. Like, is it a slog to get through that thing, or does or does the momentum feel no. there? I mean, I saw it twice and I honestly thought like the second time it felt a bit longer for sure. Mm-hmm. The first time it did not for me did yeah. not feel like three hours because I was just having such a great time. Um, I think the only difference is, is just based on the way the story kind of unfolds, which Ian kind of brings up in his letterbox review, which I honestly thought was so good because I was like when Mike and or when Catcher and I got out of the theater, we're like, yeah, it's long, but like, what would we cut out? And then when I re- and like, it was just kind of like on my mind. I was like, there's just something about it that like wasn't a full five for me. And then I read Ian's review and I was like, oh, yeah, like the repetitive nature of like kind of like the the exposition the Riddler, of. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the exact same thing four or five times in a row, like literally, over, yeah. literally identical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I think that's where you get like the paperback, the floppies kind of feel from it, catcher. Yes. Because exactly. in floppies in comics, you can do that a couple times and then it comes together in a trade and it doesn't feel that way. And it, it works like that in comics. But I think it, it it didn't work for me just because it was literally so similar. And I feel like I get like all the clues you had to put together to get to the end story. Mm-hmm. I understand all those had to had to happen. But I think they could have combined some of them. Like you could have done two of them at once or something, or like yeah. the um my my issue at what I would have really liked is like some time of him solving it. He literally yes. solves everything in like two seconds. Yes. This He's is like, a problem. Like, yeah. Like the most offensive yeah. one is he was like, URL. URL. El Rata URL. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even days later, I don't understand how he got from, from El Rata whatever to URL. That doesn't that still doesn't make sense to me. Yes. Like I would have liked him having clues and like being confused instead of like figuring things out right away. And like leading it into the next thing. Yes. Um, exactly. Like there's a scene where it's like, um, it's the one where what's his name has got the bomb like strapped to his neck. And, yeah. it, and he's got to answer the riddles. And it's like, he's just, he answers them right he's away. He's answering the, immediately. immediately. Right. It's like, there's no, de- like everyone's like, oh, it's like seven. It's a detective. It's it's the detective Batman we've always wanted. It's like, he's not detecting anything. He spends almost yeah. no time actually being a detective. Like he's just at a crime scene. Which is not there the same. Are, which is not the same thing. Yeah. So it to me, it felt like uh, it was just Matt Reeves doing a David Fincher version of Batman because it was really similar to Zodiac and and Seven. To like, it got a little distracting to me at at some points. Like in particular, <laughs> the ending where like you know Batman is the final clue, and literally one guy says like I'm vengeance. That's exactly what happens in Seven. Spoilers for a twenty yeah. year old movie. Um, so that was kind of off, like annoying to me. But again, overall, like. I thought so Pattinson I thought is I think my favorite Batman but one of my least favorite Bruce Wayne's and that could be mm-hmm. by design just because he's not as Bruce Wayne that much yeah. 
Um, I loved Zoe Kravitz. So as great. Catwoman. Yeah. She was incredible. Uh, Penguin, Colonel Farrell was great as Penguin. He was really, really good. Dano or Paul Dano. I liked him at first, but his, I think they overused him a little bit because he got less intimidating and scary as the movie kind of rolled on. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. It could have been shorter. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see like what the next step of this franchise is going to be. Um, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I would say that's it. Uh, catcher. We quote, we mm-hmm. film Twitter, whatever. Um, this idea that Marvel will make these movies that leaves things off the table, you know, and there's this feeling of like, you got to come to the next one to get the next mm-hmm. bit. This is sort of the counter to that, mm-hmm. which is like, it is a little bit long, but everything is there. Mm-hmm. Like, it really doesn't leave anything mm-hmm. else. It's like, if there's not another movie, that's fine. Mm-hmm. This is a whole thing on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does something unique. And and sure, it does like, it's cribbing certain things from other movies and it's speaking to sort of like old movies. But in it still manages to do its own thing. And... uh there are shots, there are just beautiful moments of Batman emoting through his eyes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are so comic booky. Again, I hate this word because it, but it, it feels yeah. like mm-hmm. I'm watching Batman from the comic yeah, book. Yeah, I like, completely agree. Eyes through the cowl. It's amazing. And I, I really, really, that to me was that what, what left me the most affected was just like watching Batman be Batman on screen, not like. Batman is just some outfit that this dude puts on. It's like we're watching Batman, mm-hmm. and that's kind of cool. Yeah. It felt very whole, like, even though he was very fragmented and clearly going through some shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was still just very good. Like, the performance was amazing, very nuanced. Like, you could kind of just feel that, like, tension and anger and confusion and all those things that, like, I think always get so done over in these films like so like um like they're so in your face but I thought there was so much just like Mm -hmm. subtlety even like I was telling catcher like the bat tech Mm -hmm. stuff it was just there we weren't getting those scenes as much as those scenes are fun where it's like oh this like state of the art like whatever metal this that and the other thing they're kind of fun but they just kind of let those things happen but you could still feel like the weight of them like you know, I know everybody's like got a hard on for the Batmobile, oh. and honestly, like I did too, because they just <laughs> the Batmobile, the sound, the engine, the back engine so makes when it's revving up yeah. is like un- I've never heard a sound like that in my that life. It's amazing. Whole car sequence is like a top tier yeah. car chase scene. Like uh, that was un- unbelievable. Except Penguin's Maserati or whatever he's driving, he does about fifteen flips and comes out and walks out, and they just talk to him <laughs> afterwards. He doesn't have a scratch on him. That's the greatest ad for Maserati and street racing. Uh There's just so much I love about this film. Uh, The opening sequence where sort of like Batman's because there's like we open with the The Riddler with the Riddler. But then we get like the Batman prologue where it's like he's kind of giving us his take and that music is playing and 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 it's Uh. just shots of like darkness. And he's like, they think I'm in the shadows. And like, it's just such a good kind of world building moment like I literally like I have been thinking about that scene like every day on the hour 
since I since I this might be controversial, it. but I think the opening sequence of the Batman I actually think tops Dark Knight Rises for me. Like this, this oh, sorry, Dark Knight, oh, sorry, Dark Knight. Yeah. Dark Knight. Okay, that's absurd. That's an absurd thing you just said. Okay, I understand. It, it's it's very likely <laughs> no, racist. No, 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 that's an absurd thing. But it was <laughs> no, really, yeah. really, really good. Because again, it yes. just felt no, like it, it felt like a so comic book. Like good, though. when mm-hmm. when I was watching it, and yeah. you saying like, you know, they think I'm in the shadows, blah blah blah. Like I saw like comic book words, you know, with the text bubbles yeah. pop up on screen yeah. in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it just felt mm-hmm. very natural, you know. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. The lighting, mm-hmm. like the shadowing of everything, like cutting to the to the bat signal like also also, sorry Um, keep going going. no 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 that i have found also there's another outlet that i i am excuse me talking about this film yeah so you you guys have your moment (laughs) no we're doing a full um like we did a full thirst dive with yes Sophie Marcy and Bex and we just did (laughs) we just did like the woman perspective and dive right into like cat bat and I wish I was invited I'm a little offended I wasn't invited to that but it's fine you were there in spirit (laughs) the Batman works for me really well because they were really smart about not repeating things you know like boom what you said they didn't spend time with the tech everyone at this point knows Batman has a crazy no, tech, doesn't get shot by bullets. They don't need to waste time explaining that. They didn't waste time with yeah. like his parents' origin story. They weaved it in correctly, mm-hmm. but they didn't spend 15 we minutes at the beginning yeah. of the story explaining something everyone knows. They didn't explain Alfred. You know, everything and was I, just done smart. And I like that they kind of like trusted the audience in that sense because like even the Venom and like shit like that, we, we were like, I was shocked. I was like, I just know the lore. Like, I know it because I, we've been watching it for like forever. We've been watching it our whole life, right? So it was all very impactful and all cohesive. And I'm happy that they kind of, and it also makes you feel fun. Yeah. Like, it's like, as oh, fan, I, I noticed that. Like, I noticed oh, that. Right. Like, you're like, I am a Batman fan. Look at me go. <laughs> Are you okay? So, yeah. uh, so, just so I'm clear, what you just said, you said Venom. So, my, from, so, right, but what I'm saying is, do you think that syringe thing yeah. at the end was venom? That's you. Yeah, got, that's yeah. how you that's guys exactly read it. For sure. That's yeah. what I. Amazing. That's what yeah, I was talking definitely. about. And also that scene, um, was fucking like just the emotional fucking journey we go on with this Batman, like, and it's subtle and it's just like impactful, powerful, like. In the end, when he realizes, like, he's like, oh, shit, like, I've done been fucked up. Like, I'm out here punching these dropheads in the drop face because I'm pissed. He's like, it's not about these motherfuckers. It's about saving people's lives. You're like, yes, Batman. He's covered in mud. You're like, oh, you look so sexy. <laughs> but, like, listen. You got- <laughs> he's carrying that. Why isn't he carrying that little girl or that little kid? Yeah. And he's like, putting, it's like, whoa, kind of like is, this is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the vibes were. Ugh. I- the vibes in this Batman. I keep like, thinking amazing. of other things to say, but like because you brought up the end scene, I was shocked that that whole finale was like passed through. That was like some pretty true to life shit that like they did in that whole finale scene. I was like, when I was watching, I was like, like this is probably like triggering to some people to watch with the water and stuff. No, no, no not the water. Like, like oh, how like- the Riddler was. Uh, you know, he like went on his board oh, and like nurse. they all got their guns and all sort of stuff. I mean, that yeah. was like, yeah, pretty realistic. Maybe because you're not American, you didn't feel that. But 
as an American. No, actually, like, that pretty wild. you know what? Ian, that's actually some good insight because I think like some of the things I've been sharing about this film are like when I'm talking about it, I was saying that I thought that the world building was so good that those kind of things like in the Joker, when we kind of are leaning on this like very specific, like Mm -hmm. social narrative to kind of push the story. And I think this Batman does a good job. At least I thought like of keeping it in the world. So you're like not being hashtag triggered, but that is a very good point because like, obviously like militia and people like that are just, are very stressful yeah but with the thing but the things are sorry very stressful sorry very Mm. triggering of course but then the stuff with like the political stuff they were just like renewal like just kept on saying renewal over (laughs) and over again you're like yeah whatever like you know what i mean like you understand that it's like a weighted thing and it's important to the story but they're not trying to like there well there were parts where i did feel like the story got a little convoluted but they're not trying to like dive in and be like Let's like, you know, uncover the meaning of renewal. They're just like, yeah. no, like it, it it's just what I it was is. Like, like a little bit eye rolly when like the mayor candidate was like this AOC like type person. I was like, oh, <laughs> like they're just going to like, re- they're really going to do that. But so I'm glad that was like barely a part of the story. Like that basically just had to set up a finale. You know, she wasn't like trying right. to be involved every scene, but I was like, oh man, they're going to try and make it too like woke lip, <laughs> lip service. service, woke Batman. but. I think the reason why this w- works and Joker doesn't is the themes of the movie are like breaking down why that kind of behavior doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole crux of the yeah. thing is it can't he can't just be vengeance. Mm-hmm. It's got to be more because vengeance doesn't add up to anything. Doesn't get Where Joker yeah. creates like the ending of Joker sets this theme of just like dangerous thinking yeah and it because it makes the movie about well it doesn't make the movie about anything i mean it make it it creates a theme within the movie that be it is in from my perspective quite dangerous Mm -hmm. and i think that's what's different about movie like joker versus this where it's sure you have these things that are mirroring things that happen in real life but it's not condoning them Mm -hmm. and i'm sorry it's not um it's not giving them fuel it's not making them the hero yeah exactly Um, so yeah, that's nice. Great movie though. Yeah. Really fun. Happy. I went yeah. to see it. Thank you guys for making me. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. question how DC is going to continue just adding more Batman and Jokers into their roster of movies, but mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. How there many are, are there, there now? Like, there are like three tabs. active Jokers right now. This, this, this needed to not happen. I want a Batman trilogy (laughs) with no Joker. I agree. I dare you. I dare you. Come on, man. Like this is especially since like Heath Ledger was just so fucking good. Like, yeah, just let it go. This does feel exciting. So kind of recycling those old, old villains, of course, like, yeah, that's what has to happen. But it would be nice to see a little bit of a Mm -hmm. new spin, maybe like, you know, we're doing it's this. This is different, so it's like okay, let's yeah, like Penguin and Joker and Riddler felt very different from other iterations we had seen before in film. Yeah. But the Joker yeah. just like they just seemed so tied to, like he still had that goofy laugh. He had like it looked like he had the paint yeah. on, which like when you look at the Penguin, the Penguin in this is just like a weird kind of like looking guy. Yeah, like slightly disfigured. Yeah. And now, and it's like, and it's also tainted. Like it's like he yeah. has it, and like no one else is ever gonna get it. So it's like, yeah. why are we? He can 
Like, why are we continuing to do this? Or just like, give it some air. Yeah, you know? it's been. There's yeah, literally been three exactly. Joker movies in the last like five years. We don't. We don't need another. Yeah. No. Oh my God, Jared Leto! Like, <laughs> anywho, that was the Batman. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, glad that we got to talk about Batman. it. Um, all right, but let's get into our main event for the evening, which is 1992's Deep Cover. Uh, directed by Bill Duke, Oof. starring Lawrence Fishburn, Fishburn uh, Jeff Goldblum, Charles Martin Smith. Uh, the basic plot line is Lawrence Fishburne, he plays a cop who has to go undercover in L.A. to bring down a drug cartel. Basically, that's the plot, actually. That's the whole plot. That's the plot. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's that, it. That's the plot. Uh, Catcher, please take us away. All right, uh, let's get into our time machines. Uh, we're going to go back to the year 1990 uh, with the release of Michael Levine's book, Deep Cover. Uh, it's a firsthand account of the sabotage of a DEA undercover sting operation that threatened to expose U.S. government ties to drug finance governments in Mexico, Panama, and Bolivia. The book pits uh, Michael Levine against the high-level factions of our government, whom he claims are more uh, are more a danger to the American people than any narco terrorist. Um, normally, this is like a whole thing, a whole essay thing we write, and we get deep into the meanings of like what uh, you know, maybe what this is about. But I, I really just want to get into the movie because I just think it handles so many interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, about the drug world, about what it means to be in it, and about the the corruption and the fucking bullshit government attachments to like what this whole the whole crack pandemic um is really connected to. But overall, I just love the mood of this movie, and I'm just wondering what you how you guys felt about the mood, um, and the vibe, the sort of noirish vibe that the film has, mm -hmm. um. Yeah, so what do you guys think? I actually think, like, we were just talking about Batman. I think this is actually kind of a good kind of mm -hmm. pairing mm -hmm. for, for it, if you think same. about it. In fact, there's, like, a scene that almost mirrors a scene from Batman where it's, like, he looks and sees a child and connects with that child <laughs> yeah. sort of from a distance, being yeah. like, yeah. we've had that same life experience. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was Yeah, totally. Because, yeah, it gives that noirish vibe. Also, my friend made fun of me today because I can't say noir, noir properly. Noir. Um, noir. Nailed it. Whatever. whatever. Uh, you guys know, you're picking up what I'm putting down. So it has that noirish vibe, but also this, like, interesting level of camp to it mm -hmm. that I don't know if it if it's intentional or not. Um and the vibes <laughs> of this film are just like great, and and it's the t kind of movie that only can ever exist in like the late eighties to like mid nineties, <laughs> yeah. and it makes me so sad. But I, but I was excited because I had never seen this film before, so I, so I like that I kind of get to keep experiencing these films and and going back and finding new ones, but. I don't know. It's interesting because it's like we're we're taking on really deep seated like 
issues and narrative, but turning it into this kind of like slick and cool film that is still very introspective and like and deep, um, but it's also a mm-hmm. lot of fun. So, yeah. And there are also parts of this film that were absolute misses, but for the most part, like, I was super into this. Um, it, it would be hard. I, you would be hard pressed, like, not to enjoy this film. It, it can be a bit heavy, but. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I also had never seen the movie. Uh, it, yeah. it, I, I agree, boom. It, it felt very good to watch it, like, after Batman because. <clears throat> It like felt like a comic book movie a little bit. Again, like the voiceover, yeah. I know obviously that's like noir inspired, but like even the colors in a lot of the scenes, like everything felt yeah. and his like street rival. Yeah, everything like felt super high, high, um, very stylish, uh, mm-hmm. which made it super mm-hmm. fun to watch. And of course, like Lawrence Visburn just doing any sort of narration is always like incredible. Okay. Like he just sounds awesome. Um yeah, there there was like a ton I really liked about the movie. I think Boom, you, you said it well, where it's like it, there's obviously like a lot of like very real themes about like drugs and, mm-hmm. and corruption and all this sort of corruption. stuff. I think John Hull, Lawrence Fishburne's character, has a lot of like very like poignant lines of dialogue that I think are still like very relevant yeah. and like resonate mm-hmm. through today. But then, you know, you get these crazy conversations with like Jeff Goldblum and like <laughs> that guy Eddie and just like all these like wild parts of it that kind of like make it like yeah. Boom said something that can only exist during a very specific period of time because period I don't like I, I don't think it was supposed to be campy like I think this was like at the time movies I like, kind of looked and felt like this um, but it, it really yeah. really works for me um, yeah I mean it, I, it, it was a ton of fun and not really what like what I expected at all I think the word like noir gets thrown mm. around like kind of a lot um, and it's like undeserved sometimes. But this like really felt like a, no- a noir movie just like in L.A. in the early 90s, if that makes sense. And again, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but this idea of him going into going undercover, like deep cover and this idea of like he's a police officer and becomes a police officer to to kind of escape this terrible life that he had. And he saw his father die before his eyes because he was sticking up a liquor store. And then he goes in like into this cover and becomes like um, a drug dealer and starts doing all these things, you know, for, for the case, but then the lines start getting blurred and then you do, but then things get um exposed about like the police and the DA and all the and all these other things. So you're like, who who are the drug dealers? Like who are the bad guys? And like all all of this. And I think that this film does such a good job of kind of like putting that on display. And it feels accidental, but that is almost what makes it more exciting because it's just coming from such a raw place of like creativity and and just kind of experience that it just naturally I think happens that way. Like it just feels very mm-hmm. honest, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 I think that's the thing that's interesting about the movie because I, like I'm watching it and I mean, there are some scenes where I'm just like, like Jeff Goldblum is a choice in this movie that. <laughs> but at the conf- time he wasn't a choice, right? This is yeah, he's but a choice I, in retrospect yeah, a little bit. I guess, but it's like, 
what who is this guy like i don't understand like this character just feels so out out of place in this movie and like maybe maybe it's his levity that like makes the movie easier to digest because it is really digestible and like what was really fascinating in this viewing experience was i wasn't i mean there were moments where i was thinking about some of these more heady themes but it's not really to like the last like 10 15 minutes and that sort of final moment at the gravestone that it, you really are like wow th- this this character has made had a journey and he has gone from mm. this very black and white sort of i had this experience and it will never happen to me and it will never happen to anyone and that's why i'm a cop to this very like gray thick gray zone yeah. of moral mm-hmm. questioning of like what is good what is bad and and the film is like i'm not even going to bother giving you an answer because there is no answer because the yeah. reality of the world is dark and 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 um yeah and not easy to define yeah and he's getting lost i find like with this thing but also like finding himself at the same mm-hmm. time like there's this like interesting thing that's happening with this character it's it's um, it's kind of interesting because like the way his Lawrence Fishburne's character like gets more and like gets deeper and deeper into like the drug world like between him and Carver it's like he's only like getting deeper into the drug world because Carver's telling him to do so right yeah and it's kind of mm-hmm. like Carver and they don't, I guess they kind of, they don't, they never explicitly say it, but I think just based on the ending of the movie, it just seems like Carver just like wanted him to fail the whole time, right? Like Carver knew that at the, in the end, it's going to likely end up where like he gets too deep involved in it and he gets to get off scot-free and like blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think a lot of movies probably if they were uh, written or directed uh, by white people, it would have ended up with like, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's character like going off the deep end because he like tried coke that one time, you know? Um, and right. I thought it was really cool that when he did that, like as a viewer, and maybe it's because years of seeing movies like that, I was like, no, like don't do it. Like you're, you're getting yeah. stuck. Yeah. But like he did it and like, he kind of like went way. and, you know, he kind of like had like a dip, but then he still does the right thing in the end, which I thought was really cool. Um, and mm. something like that again, like if, a white dude like wrote this movie he i don't think it would end up that way i agree uh, what's interesting though about just to go back to carver and what you said i don't what's dark about what's kind of sort of dark about it is i don't think it's a situation where he's setting him up knowing he'll fail mm. it's that he doesn't care mm. either way he, doesn't care. he sees him as completely expendable yeah. and he and the way like the okay that opening the, the sort of like introduction to Carver where he's interviewing yeah. cops yeah. and the questioning yeah. that whole situation and, and Lawrence Fishburne's reaction to that question uh, sort of like tells you the situation where he, he himself is sort of removed mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. from like the experience of like, I don't know. It's not a, not necessarily like the black experience, but like this character feels like removed from this question in a way well, I, it's boom yeah i mean you it's obviously like he it's like he is kind of like i feel like he's trying to re- not reject his like blackness per se but 
it's like something that he is still kind of coming to terms with. And I think that kind of ties back to like his upbringing and the way he sees his dad, dad die. So like that's something he's deeply ashamed of and then spends his whole life kind of like revolting against. Mm -hmm. So I think like the ease in which he answers that question is just the exact kind of display of internalized, like internalized racism almost, but like, it's almost it, like he's also kind of like just going to like I like I felt cringe when it happened, but also I felt like he's just trying to kind of go to bat with this guy. And like, yeah, to me, it felt like he Lawrence Fisher's character had been suffering and he kind of says it like he becomes a cop to like stop bad things from happening. Like he's kind of suffering from like a manufactured like black guilt where like his dad died in like yeah. the most stereotypical like you know, gangster Typical. black mm-hmm. way of the era. Right. And so he kind of carried that weight around. him. was like, I'm going to be a cop. I'm going to be the exact opposite to stop that. And so what I think was very cool about like, not cool about that question, but like how it ties together in the end is that like how he uses it back against Carver, I think was Bad. super powerful and showed that he can still be the good guy and he could still like, you know, stand up for, you know, black people and stuff. I don't know. It, it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Yeah, and I, and I like the way, um, because it, it 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 speaks to sort of the society's view of sort of who a, what a, who a black person is, and we get that with the oh you know you have all of these uh, characteristics that are are perfect <laughs> for you <laughs> to right. get into the undercover you're basically game. Basically, a criminal. It's like right. you're you're a criminal by blood right. essentially. Right. Like and. Um, and so I like that, you know, you get this world of the people who are supposed to be good, you know, quote unquote good, are yeah. are the... They never feel they good. They never feel no. good. They never feel good. Yeah. Um, but it's, And you kind of know right away that, like, what you guys were saying, this guy is kind of expendable. And you feel like the, like, the, all the shit with DA you know it's just, it's not about, like, that scene with Carver and, um, John, what's Hull. his name? Yeah. Hall? Hall, yeah. Hall? Uh, and he's, like, talking about the crack yeah. babies and, like, shit like that. But you know Carver doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit about this. This is all because he wants to be a big shot. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, he's just, like, hey, like, he's like, they're going to bring me to trust. Washington. Like, I'm, I'm going to get... I'm going to get promoted, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, that's like, that's all he cares about. Yeah, make friends with like very important people. Like, yeah, like, you know, his intentions are never good. Mm. You're never rooting for this like bus to work out. You're you're solely rooting Your promotion. For, for John. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about Jeff Goldblum because we t- tease it earlier. Oh my God. Catcher's just sick at the thought. I thought... It was pretty funny. And again, I think you have to watch. I, I kind of feel like you have to watch any Jeff Goldblum movie prior to like whatever Jurassic Park as like it was not the intent to cast Jeff Goldblum. I feel like maybe not like even later than Jurassic Park, right? Like <laughs> in the last however many years where he's like kind of memed himself into like being like this guy, like insert slim impression, uh, 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 you know, but he kind of yeah. always was like that. So I always have to remind myself when I'm watching a Jeff Goldblum movie prior to like the last 10 years or so that they didn't cast him to like 
be Jeff Goldblum. They cast him to be like an actor. Yeah, and it would be a character. Yeah. And I think he works he works really well in this. Like I think his um he he's vulnerable in some points and like he tries he tries to be the tough guy at points. Uh I don't know. He 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 worked very, very he worked for yeah. me in a lot of ways. He like he worked for me in moments, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the character and also some there were some parts where I felt like he was phoning it in and I don't know because I feel like I've really kind of caught on to like the memification of Jeff Goldblum so like I feel like I'm very much on that wave like I haven't really watched a lot of films that he's been in um you know until until recently so I think just seeing him in this it was yes hard to separate but there were times where I truly thought he was doing a bad job. Like, yeah, like that. But then there were parts where I thought he was like really <laughs> funny. Um, but just on in terms of the acting in general, like I think Lawrence Fishburne was just kind of like at this insane level where he's giving so much nuance and like so much depth to the character and he's mesmerizing to watch. And then everybody else kind of feels like they're falling short because the the writing is good but a little wonky in moments and um people are you know giving it their all and you can feel like the acting so i think a little bit more of like Mm. naturalism would have been nicer but it's again an early 90s film like the everything that happens is exactly Mm -hmm. as it would like yeah you know yeah i think i think the thing like i it's weird because with Goldblum, there are moments where I do enjoy his performance. Um, the scene in the car where he's forcing oh, yeah. the dude to jump out. And <laughs> yeah. He, oh, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Like the the weirdness is there, but I enjoyed it. There's just moments early on where I'm just like, I'm just, this is just Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Like this is just a guy like it doesn't feel of the same world for some reason. But then at the same time, at the end, at the docks, where he is wearing a, what is like looks like a costume. Yeah. His, the, his, his, his undershirt hair, underneath the his, suit jacket is so absurd. Oh my yeah. God. The suit is so dramatic. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like a sort of like, you know, 80s big shoulder yeah. thing. But it's it's it falls off into costume mm. um, in a way that like the rest of the film really doesn't play that game Mm -hmm. and I like it for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas there's other moments where I don't. And I think it's just more has to do with like, again, expect like film tone Mm -hmm. and expectation of tone, because I think thinking back on it, he does bring a nice levity to the movie, which makes it easier to digest. And the movie doesn't feel like you're watching a two hour slog through the effects of you know, drugs and crime on the world, you know, it it can still be fun and you can enjoy yourself while watching the movie. And maybe that's because of him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of pretty wild dialogue throughout the, (laughs) Yeah. namely what it's say, what's the most wild thing you've done sexually. I mean, I mean, it's just funny stuff. I didn't understand. I don't either that because they bring it up though. at the end and like, it still doesn't. The, I don't get it either. It happens like three times. And yeah. there's never like a payoff <laughs> yeah. to it. Like they just like they ask each other. He asks them the first time and you're like, oh, that's yeah. kind of funny. Like that's a funny thing to ask. And then the second time you're like, okay. And then the third time 
when it's like this super dramatic, most insanely yeah. <laughs> tense, like dramatic, emotional moment. And he's just like leaning up against the car. He's like, oh, it's the most, the strangest thing you've ever done yeah. sexually. <laughs> like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. They also throw the term brown shower yeah, I, out there. Like, can we fucking not? That's not this is right out of the 80s, you know. Can we the, fucking not? Who knows what kind of lives, lives they were leaving at that point. Those freaks. Yeah. Those but, crazy, crazy kids. Um, oh, my goodness. Let me think. One other thing I wanted to call out is I love how, like, um, tossed away characters were. Like, characters would just die. Like pretty quickly, like mm-hmm. the dad, his dad obviously mm-hmm. died. Um, that girl who he was with gets shot, like pretty, you know, like out of nowhere, and like uh, I don't know, j- that drive drive by. by, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like how seemingly useless characters are, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean like useless to the world that we're live that like the characters are living mm. in. Um, I think it added a lot to like the conversation of he's like, well, like if I'm not gonna do this, you know, someone's gonna die. I might as well like I th- he thinks I'm going to do the right thing at least and like do what I can to do the right thing. Um, it you know it it all just added to like to to the vibes of, of the world. I thought I thought it worked really well. Agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and it's and it just leads to shock. Not just shock, but just you you kind of become desensitized yeah. to all these people dying, and you just you just become it makes your um gives you the ability to uh like slide into the character mm-hmm. and really experience the world as he's experiencing mm-hmm. it and things that are shocking for him are shocking for you mm-hmm. um yeah yeah i agree um nice any any last things before we get to our categories uh what did you guys think about the character the cop that's like kind of on it cuz that's also another like subplot thing mm-hmm. happening like the cat and mouse with the black, black the cop, other yeah. black cop um that's works for i guess like enforcement or something yeah police and it's like trying to like get this bus done and um like they have that conversation about what what is he talking about he's like these are my black babies and he's like you sell that shit you're putting a gun to their head i was like "Ooh, it's true (laughs) but um just their kind of dynamic was very interesting and then in the end it's him trying to like save him right yeah um but then bloomy just pops a cap but Jeff, way to go, Jeff. No, I think I think he's great because he gives he's sort of this thing that grounds uh his character to the the reality. Like it it he sort of keeps him from falling too deep, too deep into agree. the hole. Yeah. I think. Um and reminds him sort of like why he's doing it and why, why he's, he's yeah, and and why it's important. And it's a it's it's a way for him to connect to his blackness. You know, and, and and I think that is really helpful in that. Like- I, I would need to rewatch it. But what I think is interesting about that character is that I kind of felt like right when the scene happened that if he had if he hadn't had been shot or died at the end, that I think they were kind of hinting at like maybe Lawrence Fisherman's character would have just kept going down like the drug path. Mm-hmm. So I kind yeah. of feel like his death kind of like shook him a little bit and like woke him yeah. up like, oh, fuck, like you know, I shouldn't be following down this path anymore, you know? Well, it, yeah, because it, it, it's this cycle of violence that sort of this drug-dealing world has. It's like Breaking Bad, you know? It's like every season, it's like he's got to kill the next bigger guy because if you don't kill that guy, he's going to kill you. And it's yeah. like the cycle of violence that this is sort of like drug 
Feels like a video game to his ball. It's like next <laughs> yeah. level, next level boss. Level. <laughs> that's like, kind of why I, mean? I loved. That's kind of why I loved Jeff Goldblum's attire at the end because it was like this is the final boss. <laughs> you know, it's like he's the most <laughs> final boss looking outfit yeah. I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it's it. But it, it's about that. It, 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 I like that where it's like this is the thing that stops him from. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, he'd otherwise he'd just be doing it over and over. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great insight. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Let's get to our categories. Uh, for those who are joining us for the first time, hello. Um, here at Set of Knots, we do two categories. Uh, first, we will talk about our criterion moment. And that's basically the moment, scene, or sequence of why we think this film was entered into the criterion collection. Uh, and then, since we're at the beginning of a new exploration of Deep Cover, obviously, uh, the three of us will choose our satellite picks, uh, which is a movie that we think is inspired by this or relates to this or we think uh, inspired this film or just any reason at all. Um, and then th- those picks determine our next three weeks of uh, episodes. So mm-hmm. let's start with our Criterion moment. Who wants to go first? For me... It's the uh, final scene at the uh, grave mm. where he's uh, there with uh, the kid that he's now sort of like adopted mm-hmm. um, and the woman that uh, you meet this sort of like she works for the the cartel that he's ends up working for. And they she, also giving Rihanna energy before Rihanna even existed. Amazing, yeah, which that's... was incredible to see. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, that's great. Pre Rihanna, Rihanna. Shut the fuck up! Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> I love that. Uh, no, but it's um, you know, there's like a voiceover and I um, where he's just talking about. So he he's t- taking the money. He's basically screwed over and exposed the DEA. Uh, for all the corruption that's gone on. They've been working with the government officials of other of these like uh, South American countries. I can't remember where. Um, but he's taken the money and he has, there's this voiceover of like, okay, well, what do I do with this money? I could, you know, uh, if I, if I spend it, like I'm a, I'm a criminal, I guess. And, and if I give it to the government, I'm a fool. Um, and like, and, and this sort of, it leaves the film in this amazing gray area of like, what are the answers? There are no answers. He has no answers. Everything is a disaster. And the system is too corrupt to bother, to be even bother saving. Uh, and he just sort of, like, I think he's basically gives up being a cop, it seems. And like, who knows what he's going to do. But at this point, it's like, he's leaving. It kind of feels like he's leaving the world behind. Like he's rich, which the film says is like, you can either be rich or poor and being rich is better. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and so he is rich. sorry that's a great line like yes, where he's like i don't care yeah. if you're black asian white hispanic you're the rich you're poor and we're rich that's that was a great great line and it's beautiful insight because it's fucking true uh as you can see just out, out in your day-to-day life right now um so this idea that he's like free of the system because he's rich uh, but also completely unable to answer how to save it or fix mm-hmm. it and i love the the sort of dark reality of that um, and really yeah. push this movie up for me in terms of like where I saw it. Totally. And we do get a taste of that, like in the middle of the film as well, when he's kind of like 
starting to enjoy, not enjoy himself, but like it's after Carver tells him to like get a better apartment and do all this stuff. And then he goes to get those masks that he wants. Oh, yeah. Um, And he kind of like is narrating. And then he asks the audience because he's like, yeah, I did this. And like, I was like being like this. But he's like, wouldn't you? And you're like, yeah, yeah I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but boom. yeah. My criteria moment, um, probably when he kills uh, the his like rival or faux rival mm-hmm. drug dealer mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, a Lawrence or my dear Fishy, he's giving like such a good performance in that moment. He's terrified, but he's doing it. Um, yeah, exactly Ooh. the way he's holding the gun. He's holding it so um, awkward, and then too. just. I know. Like, I he's know. Like, he's a cop, right? Yeah. Shouldn't he be holding it more like he's undercover, <laughs> yeah. but he's still a cop. Totally. Anyway, anyway, yeah. I, I laughed at that, yeah. Because he's terrified. Yeah. He lo- he forgot how to hold a gun and he's just like, just how far is he willing to go to like, you know, t- like see through this um this case. Um, and then also just like the the weird like when he like the other guy pees on his and shit like that and he's like then and like that's what throws him over the edge and then he decides to shoot him like it was kind of like it was like a deep moment but also very like kind of silly but it it summarized the film well and and it was it was a very impactful moment i really um enjoyed it nice i agree uh my criterion (laughs) moment is pretty subtle and a bit lighter uh of a moment but i just like really really loved it because i don't think I don't think I've ever seen it in a movie, really. Maybe I have. It's when Lawrence Fishburne is first introduced to uh, Felix Barbosa, And Felix immediately stands up and goes, he's a cop. And then he walks away. Yes. Yes. Oh, he's yes. like, he's a cop. I'm not doing this. He's a cop. And just walks away. I thought that was so cool. Because uh, I... I it's per- Sorry, go ahead. It's perfect. I agree. Yeah. Like, the whole time, I'm like, he is not a... Dr- like, he's obviously a cop. Yeah. Like he walks into that drug den, like I'm here to buy drugs. Yeah. It's like you're not high at yeah. all. You don't look high in the slightest. Yeah. No one should trust you, but everyone's too high to realize it. Yeah, I, I I thought that was like not only funny, but also just like really clever because the guy was right, right. And then at the end, yeah. when he finally dies, he's like, yeah. I fucking told you, you know, or some, something <laughs> like that. Uh, or when he like choose when he like notices the like the wire, the, the wire on his tire. Some, some, there's something like that where it happens. Just like, I fucking told you. I was like, I don't know. It just works really well. You don't really see that in movies, especially so quickly and so like matter of factly. Like there's always like the, they're sussing each other out type phase, but there's never a guy like saying, fuck yeah. this and like immediately <laughs> walk away, you know? Rejecting yeah. him. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, I, 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 I like that a lot. That was, that was fun. Perfect. Um, but before we get to our satellite picks, Let's go into our emails. Uh, we do have one email. And if you want to shoot us an email, you can head over, shoot one over to synonotspod at gmail.com. This comes from Sam. Sam says, hey, Synonauts crew, longtime listener, first time emailer. Thank you for emailing. Uh, Watch this last night before the pod so I can maybe share my thoughts with you guys. I could go on about how stylish Aww. this is, but for the main... But the main thought I had in my head when this finished was how camp it was. I wasn't expecting, but uh, it was much appreciated. Mm. Like what's going on with a couple of the red sports car, 
and why everyone is so squeamish. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny, TBH, and Gopher Man. What a sweetheart he is. All the best, Sam. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for writing yeah, in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. Uh, I'm, it seems like all of us enjoyed the camp, yeah. too. Right? None of us thought it took away from the movie, right? Oh, 100%. It, it worked really well. And the stylization was really yeah. good, too. Some of those, some shots, I was like, the, oh, the, my God. The, the final like, shots, or the shots where he's shooting um, him and Jeff Goldblum's standoff, like, those are incredible. It was really, really the, good. The, yeah. There's a shot where he's in, like, that. he goes to get his first apartment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just thought it was beautiful, like like a, a Van Gogh painting. Mm. Like, it was, the color choices were incredible. Mm. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, cool. Um, and-, and I think Sam like tweeted saying that he had just purchased like uh deep cover on the the like criterion oh amazing it's like for us sam thank you much appreciated oh not for us just like i think it i think it It, i just i think it was like a coincidence yeah yeah uh thank you sam appreciate you you're the best uh yes boom what kind of tea with boom do we have this week oh yeah by the, the way tea. by the way boom's work on center not social media this week inspiring inspiring <laughs> oh my god yeah you guys have to gas me up so i keep up I will. With boom it. she didn't been, she but, did um, not listen to me and put the question of the craziest sex you ever had question but that's <laughs> a totally um, i don't just like i don't know if i want to like open that door between <laughs> yeah. us and like our listener uh, it friends was a tease. like it was a tease i don't want to know yeah I don't want to know. I mean, I do, but like, you know, we got to go for drinks first and then talk about it, you mm-hmm. know, yep. like more of a safe environment. Instagram isn't the place, um, but let your freak flags fly, mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Live loud, live proud. There will be no um, sex shaming. shaming. Oh, king shaming on this show. Really no king shaming Absolutely. on this show, except for no. brown showers. No, I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> um, <laughs> judged. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so tea with boom this week. Besides the fact that it looks like Toronto just got an IHOP, um, <laughs> is that so? Yesterday was International Women's Day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it is International Women's Month, which is very exciting. We've covered some awesome uh, women directors on this show, and I'm excited to cover some more. Um, and I just asked people, kind of what women director films they or films by women directors they would like to see us potentially cover in the future so we got some cool answers there um one second because i'm just pulling it up yes uh so Mackenzie said anything by agnes varda Mm. which i am also interested in that's one of those she's one of those where i'm like i know i need to like do this but it's never feels like the right time so maybe we should just maybe we should just jump right in one of these days um mikey p said love and basketball mm. and don't worry mikey um yeah don't that's, worry mikey, yeah, that's gonna come at some point that's, that is yeah. gonna absolutely happen yeah. i i think i'm the ne- i'm the next person picking like a criterion film and it's going to take every um, ounce of my, yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to convince myself that I'm going to pick something else, but please don't. don't If you don't, I'll pick it. And that will be a terrible situation. (laughs) 
Well, you. Why would it yeah, be would terrible you if you pick? Because I feel bad for taking that pick from you. Oh, oh no, it's fine. Because I, I mean, for me, it's just a shoe in. So I'm like, yeah, this is what everybody expects, okay. and like, I'm very excited to talk about this film. Um. Anyways, Ty says Lady Bird. Mm. Um, cousin John said the farewell, oh. and I made a pun because Proto only watched ninety percent of that film, famously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's fine. I don't care. Sophie does. Um, and then Madame McGuffin says Cleo de five a seven, so I can't read French. Um, and Atlantics. And then Omar said, Portrait of a Lady mm. on Fire. Mm. Definitely going to. And I think Catcher would just pass away while <laughs> trying to talk about how much he loved that movie. I think he would just die. So, TBD. It's so good. Omar, TBD. It is so good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So now, thank you, thank you for all those. Again, shoot us an email at cinematspod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at cinematspod. Uh, but now, since it is the first film of our sequence, let's go into our satellite picks. These are movies that will determine uh, the next three weeks of the show. So, boom. Your first pick and uh, next week's episode. Um, okay, so my pairing. So, clearly, at the beginning of this, spoke about how these, like, 90s crime street movies are, you know, we're a fleeting mm. moment. Um, so let's just spend as much time there as possible. And there's a film. I've seen it. It's very near and dear to my heart. This is actually a throwback to the first pairing that I ever <sighs> gave on this show. Oh. So it's a, it's a double down. But I have selected uh, 1996 F. Gary Gray set it off. <laughs> oh, and she sets it off. Hello. <laughs> I have never seen this. I this um neither has Mike and I've been trying to get him to watch it since we became friends. So wow, I'm so excited it, for And it's on Netflix now and I I almost pulled the trigger on this like a few weeks ago cuz I was like this cast looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and then I but I didn't so I'm glad that we can hold off and we can watch it for this. Screen Obviously, so, Jada Pinkett Smith, mm-hmm. Boom's favorite. Uh-huh. Vivica A. Fox, F. Gary Gray. I mean, whew, very excited. Yeah. Right? Kimberly Elise yeah. as well. I have never seen this. Listen, uh, I'm so excited yes. for you guys. Oh, my God. I didn't know. I, Sorry. Like, catch you're not seeing it. Sure, fine. Ian, <laughs> I would have never imagined. has never I seen apologize. this movie. So I apologize. I've not seen it. And oh is God. this is okay. this the movie when we went to go watch uh, Widows? Did we talk about this in relation to Widows? No, I was ex- th- no. What had happened was I was trying to convince you to watch, set it off, and I was kind of giving you a synopsis, and you were like, "So like Widows," and I was like. No. No. Okay. So I've done. <laughs> like, so widows, I've done that again. Is what I was happened. like. Widows is like set it off, but widows is very good, but also fucking this shit. <laughs> so. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Good. <laughs> nice. Good pick. All right. Yeah. Uh. So for my pick, I was thinking about 
another undercover movie. I was considering Point Break, but Ooh. I decided I'm not going to choose a white movie. Uh, for no white, so loud. <laughs> so it's catcher sweating right now. He's like, so oh, we'll no. get the we'll, oh, we'll get the Point Break right? at some point. I'm sure because I fucking love that movie. Amazing. Um, I'm going to choose a movie that is also. Uh, uh, it is also a early '90s film that takes place in LA that is about um, the black experience in LA, uh, drugs, gang violence, etc. And that is 1991's Boys in the Hood. Holy! Yeah, we're going. <laughs> this is going to be such we're going. a good month. We are going okay. to yes. Boys. In oh the Hood. my god! Cuba Gooding Jr. Interesting. Morris Chestnut. Interesting. Ice Cube. Also, oh yeah, also, Lawrence Fishburne. I Lawrence, forgot he's in that movie. Like, yeah, Lawrence. <laughs> I didn't think that's of that. right. Lawrence yeah. Fishburne. Also, like Lawrence, early nineteen nineties, like just a vibe, a sex yeah. god. Like holy fuck! I know his in this sexy movie, like I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit, Lawrence, you look good. Yeah. Um, all right, catch what do you and got? And just interesting, just interesting, like a uh, tr- bit of trivia. But uh, Deep Cover yeah. was originally supposed to star a white lead. Um, Interesting. But oh, yeah. uh, because the DEH of the book, the guy who wrote it is a, was guy, a white right. dude. Um, but because of su- the success of uh, like films like New Jack City and uh, Boys of the Hood and obviously Spike Lee's mm. you know, uh, whole situation, uh, some executives were like, we should get a black lead uh, for this movie uh, to try and like pander to black audiences uh but the writer was like actually this actually brings a much more interesting dynamic to the character and the story at large um oh yeah so boys in the hood is actually that's perfect yeah. that's great very very excited okay Catcher. yay okay i have three oh, um oh, that i'm sort of trying to figure out but i think i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go with my go gut. With your gut go with your instincts so the movie I've decided to go with is from 2006, directed by Michael Mann. Uh. We're watching Miami Vice. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I have I have been meaning to watch this movie for so long. <laughs> um, the stylization of this movie has always intrigued me. So I. It is about undercover cops and drug busting we get, and all we get that Jamie stuff. Fox. And it, Jamie, well, yes, Jamie Fox, Colin great. Farrell, yeah. Colin right? Farrell, yeah. Um, and That's from my bad. understanding, as I've never seen this movie, is there's sort of like a, some sort of gray morality involved with the film. So I thought, how fun and exciting! I'll finally get to watch this movie. This is basically what this podcast is now for: movies I've not seen and want to see. I just find ways of connecting them. So that I can watch them. So that's my choice is Miami Vice. Wow. The madman did it. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. The other option was New Jack City, but this just felt right to me. So we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. If we had done New Jack City too, we would have done four movies in a row of like the same era and stuff. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So this feels like a nice way of like sort of playing with that. I mean, people who run in our circles, people who run in our circles are giving Miami Vice pretty good reviews. Uh, Kev, four stars. Throwbridge, four stars. Uh, okay. let's see here. Neil, four and a half stars. Mikey P, what? four stars. Oh, Chuck wow. Forsman, four stars. Excuse okay. me. Oh. Okay, so so this is great. This is wow. all wonderful news. Intrigue. I take back my 
groan of disappointment. <laughs> I'm excited. Well, thank you. I'm sorry, Kesher. Okay. I'm sorry. Listen, it, I thought you were going to... <laughs> you thought what? What did you think? No. I No, I just need to trust you more. And, and that's on me. That's a me <laughs> problem. What, what, what you did know? you think I was going to pick? Oh, no, I don't know. No, when you said Miami Vice, I was like, oh, no. I just... <laughs> but then I thought about it more and I was like... I just yes. think yes. it's funny how earlier I was threatening Catcher not to pick Heat. And so he yeah. went, he still went with the Michael Mann movie. I know, I know, <laughs> I, I know. That's why I was like, you know what? Yeah, screw it. <laughs> Great picks. Great picks, everyone. I'm very excited. Yes. I'm really excited. I am also so, excited. So uh, next week, we get Set It Off, followed by Boys oh. in the Hood, wrapping it up with a 2006 version of Miami Vice. What a lineup. That's right. We're blessing the feeds with. That is a who's lineup. Do it, who's doing these? That. Who's covering these yeah, movies? No one, no, one. no one. Thank you, as always. This was really fun. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, this was a blast. We're like back at the swing of things. The Love weights it. of Magnolia is off our shoulders. Never we felt just better. chugging, chugging <laughs> Sorry, along. Uh, great pick, Catcher. I'm glad that you picked this because I probably would have never gotten around to it. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Oh, yeah, Tim. I forgot. Tim, thank you for the recommendation. Appreciate it. Uh, and then, boom. Looking forward to talk, doing, to talk and set it off next week. I am so excited for you boys to watch mm. this. In the meantime, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.